The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, college football season is officially back. Scott Frost is already blowing it, which means we are back into the football season. I enjoyed watching that game. The onside kick up double digits is just peak Scott Frost, but we are... Officially in week one, not week yes. zero of the college football season, finally coming up. Well, I believe this week is Notre Dame and Ohio State kicking off the year, which that's right. Two top fives and going against each other in week one, going back to the old uh, Florida State Miami days. Yeah, uh, it is. I, I'm pumped for the college football season. I know I, you know, I am a Michigan fan. I'm coming off of a high from last year, and I'm sure. still very confident in this year's group. Although I've never heard of what. Michigan, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Michigan's doing with their quarterbacks. <laughs> it's a biblical decision, Colin. It is. It is. It's a so one guy decision. gets week one and yeah. one guy gets week two. I like oh. how they're just basically treating, I think it's Hawaii and Idaho is just like Colorado State. Colorado State, is Colorado State that's it. Uh, Hawaii yeah, Colorado I, State. And Colorado State is not good. I believe the no. last time I looked at that line, Michigan was favored by 30. <laughs> it's I'm excited for it to be. I, I will tell you this. It is weird for me. This will be the first year since 2016 that I'm not covering college football games. Wow. So it is going to be a so little bit weird. Just get to enjoy it again? Just get to enjoy it. I'll be doing some baseball work on the side, but I will well, definitely yeah. have I mean, we one. All got, we all have uh, our yeah. day jobs. Yes. And, and, but for a long time, <laughs> my day job is on Saturday has been covering college football games. Right. I'm excited for Oregon, Georgia. That should be yeah. a lot of fun. I think Georgia wins pretty handily, but just because sure. of the – defensive coordinator of their former team being mm-hmm. the head coach of Oregon. Now that's going to be a lot of fun as a Notre Dame fan. I am ready for week one, just to be over with. I am totally fine with going 10 and two. Are you not giving your team, your Irish, any, any shot against Ohio state here? I'm not, Come on. I'm not. Look, fandom, and that's not, and that's nothing against Notre Dame. It's just Ohio state is yeah. so good man Look, that is such you don't gotta good... tell me about no i know that Davis, but like of all people <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you right now what i will be watching this game for is i have a funny feeling that cj stroud is going to be quarterbacking my seahawks next year so i am paying attention to so this is yes early this scouting is, it is a very very scouting very early scouting but i love college football as flawed as it is in the ncaa is can go fly a kite but the yeah. actual college football while it still exists in this form, it's still an awful lot of fun. Yeah, there's there's something the NFL can only do so much with, but the pageantry and the history yeah. and, the, yeah. and the connecting threads and all of that stuff, college football just simply has the better route to do so, and they sure. do a phenomenal job with it. Again, have the NIL conversations as much as you want, have the NCAA student-slash-athletes conversation all you want, but... Uh, I am pumped for college football being back. I am pumped for football period being back. Yeah. And I am also pumped for postseason baseball. And we are very close so to that close, right man. here. Only about five weeks away from October baseball. And we here on the show today are going to try and help you get to that, not only the fantasy playoffs, if that doesn't involve in your league, but 
hopefully a title at some point, regardless of how your league is set up. We are going to be scouring the waiver wire today, so you don't have to. We've highlighted players available in more than half of Yahoo leagues that can give your team the boost it needs to get to the finish line. So hopefully we'll be able to unearth a couple of gems for you here and help you get over that hump and make that final push. Have some waiver questions of your own. Be sure to hit us up on Twitch if you are watching this live. Or feel free, obviously, to reach out to Chris and I on Twitter after the show to hear our three cents. But before we get to the wire, it goes down in the AM this Sunday on Peacock with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Blue Jays take on the Pirates in Pittsburgh this Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com MLB. And if you want a chance to win 25K on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. And final Peacock game of the final Peacock game of the year. Sorry to interrupt you there. Yes, That's, it is. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and we just want to thank everybody who's come out to our waiver wire shows as well. We're definitely going to be doing more of that next yes. year. Maybe even some of it uh, for the final month of the season. We might figure out a way to get that done. Just no guarantees. But uh, thank you very, very much to everybody who's come out for those. Yeah, we've had a great response from our viewers throughout a lot of those Q and A's. Usually just more questions than we have time to get to all of them. Yeah. So uh, the more that you guys keep writing in, the more that uh, it just em- encourages us and empowers us to keep going on this end. So sure. really appreciate everyone listening there. And while I finish my ad reads, because otherwise I'm going to get yelled at. Yeah, just a reminder, sorry. if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. So that way Colin doesn't get yelled at. The contests are free <laughs> and easy to play and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball, on the PGA Tour, NASCAR Circuit, and in the Premier League. We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot at collecting some cold, hard cash. And I hope all of you are going to be able to collect some cold, hard cash from league dues when you pick up a title, because that is what we are looking for right now in the fantasy Mm -hmm. baseball landscape. If you are in a weekly head-to-head matchup and you have postseason, many leagues, this is the final week of the regular season. For those in season-long leagues, like I said, we are T-minus five weeks. We are short of five weeks till now to the end of the year. It is crunch time. What's the what's the water boy line? Last game of the year. Can't hold yeah, it. Yeah, this yeah. is where we we're know, at right Dan. now. We know. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> yes, a fun Dan, time. We yes. know. Yes. And let's start, unfortunately, with a sour note here and – as Shane McClanahan, the ace for the Rays, AL Cy Young, at least finalist, is going to be at the end of this year, scratched from his start tonight with what is currently being called a left shoulder impingement, and he'll be getting tests tomorrow to see the extent of the injury. Did not pitch in the game. This was in warm-ups. And if you have a chance or have not yet seen the video of him essentially talking to Kevin Cash and the pitching coach, in the bullpen before the game, he looked pretty distraught. So yeah. if we're going to read into body language and you are a Shane McClanahan manager, I, I think we're in a we're in a pretty rough spot from now to the end of the year. I don't know if we get an opportunity to see him pitch again this season. And if so, that obviously is a major blow to the Rays. That is a major blow to Shane McClanahan, who has just looked phenomenal all year. And obviously a blow to fantasy managers everywhere. Yeah, it's a, such a bummer, especially this late. There, There's never a good time for this right. type of injury to happen. <laughs> but like to have it happen as late in the year as this, we're talking about two guy that struck out 182 batters in 147 in the third innings with Just a 2.2 yeah. ERA. Clearly one of the top three to top five Cy Young finishers, probably closer to third than fifth. This stinks, this stinks and it's why you got to pay – Super close attention to the waiver wire coming up. If you're somebody who's rostering McClanahan, like you cannot replace Shane McClanahan, but you got to go look and scour. And that's one of the reasons why Colin and I are doing this is giving you, we each have some pitchers that again, aren't close in terms of talent and results of Shane McClanahan, but can hopefully get you through these next couple of weeks. Well, Chris, why don't you highlight one of the first pitchers on your list that you, uh, that if I was a McClanahan manager right now sure. and I am freaking out, 
Well, maybe give me a give me a name at least right off the top of the bat. That sure. The, the first name that I'd be taking a look at is Dean Kramer, who I don't understand why he's not rostered in more leagues. This is a 26-year-old yeah. who has made 15 starts, and he has a 3.24 ERA. Now, he doesn't strike out a ton of guys. It's 62. But he also doesn't walk a ton of guys. He's only walked 18 players, has a whip of 1.22, which is an elite by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly can get the job done. Has been pitching well lately. Look, you have to treat Baltimore like a contender now. This is no longer a maybe give you some good rates but isn't going to give you wins type of guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a chance to keep you in ball games. I think a six inning, three run uh, outing, you know, that's obviously a 4.50 ERA, but you can expect these type of starts from Dean Kramer at the worst. He's been yeah. pitching much better than that as of late. If, you're, if you need real help in the strikeout category, I don't think he's the guy to target. But if you're looking for somebody who throws a lot of strikes, gets quality innings, and gives teams chances to win, I think Kramer makes a lot of sense. Over his last five starts, three and one with a two two five ERA. That'll do. Twenty one strikeouts across thirty two innings. Like you said, not a high strikeout guy, but three and one. You're talking. I think the reason why he is still somehow available in eighty six percent of Yahoo leagues, which yeah. does not make any sense, is yeah. because there is still a Baltimore hangover. Where sure. we're like, oh, it's Baltimore. They're a bad team, and mm-hmm. thus I don't get wins for my pitchers, so I don't pick them up. That is yeah. the has to be the correlation that's here. Because like I just said, three and one over his last five starts. Those are W's that are in the bag. Projected to face moving forward. Oakland, oh. Toronto, oh, uh. at Washington, Ooh. home to Detroit, Ooh. home to Houston, uh. and at the Yankees. So there's, that's there's a, a, that's a wide mix of stuff. There's a I wide mean, mix. There is the top yeah. of the top and the bottom of the bottom <laughs> in that. Very but good. suffice to say, Oakland, Washington, Detroit, all three of those, I will take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, I will also point out that he threw seven and two-thirds innings of one-run baseball in his last start in Houston. So it's not like he's not capable of doing well against that type of lineup. By the way, I'm currently watching the Mariners play Detroit. And, I mean, this Detroit offense is like, again, as a Seattle Mariner fan, I have seen some bad, offenses you know what you're talking about this is one of the worst that i have just seen holy crap is that a team that you you know what my number one fantasy advice is target whatever pitcher is facing detroit over the next 35 games because you've got a real good shot of it paying off yeah treat detroit the way that you treat that apparently people still continue to treat baltimore like yeah there is the baltimore that's what it is yeah all right, let's uh, let's pick out another player here. I'll stick on the mound here. Let's talk about Domingo Herman for a second here. Mm-hmm. Available in sixty five percent of leagues, he missed the first part of this year due to injury, so he's only got seven starts, I believe, so far. Yeah, seven starts total on the year. Right. He is two and two with a three one nine ERA, a one point one one WHIP, thirty eight strikeouts to nine walks across forty two in a third inning. However, since the start of August, over six starts, he has a 2.08 ERA with a 22 to 6 K walk ratio, and opponents are hitting just 214 off of him. With Nestor Cortez hitting the IL, with obviously Luis Severino still working his way back from the 60 day IL, his spot in the rotation is very secure right now. He is going to get the ball every five days for the Yankees from now till the end of the year which means he should have a pretty good opportunity for wins. And he is pitching right now up to snuff the way that we saw him really in his first two years where he looked like he could be, you know, a two, three arm, maybe in a, in a rotation projected to face moving forward at Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. home to Minnesota at Boston, home to Pittsburgh, home to Boston, home to Baltimore. Interesting. So there are some there are some matchups that you like here, especially knowing that Boston right now is basically pulling the life support from their team from their God. season. They're done. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if there's any motivation left on that roster by the time that he goes back to back against them, other than it's Yankees, Red Sox, and maybe there's a little bit of a hype going into it. But outside of Minnesota, I like basically all of those matchups for him, and I will take Domingo Herman available again, sixty five percent of Yahoo leagues. Yeah, I mean, here's what Domingo Herman does. He throws a fastball that has elite spin. He doesn't walk people, and he gets people to swing at pitches outside yeah. of the zone and avoids barrels. Mm-hmm. Again, not a guy I'm looking to pick up if you need help with the K category. And, sure. um, you know, that's something to keep in mind. He's been kind of like 
a thank goodness option for the New York Yankees for a team that like, I mean, we, I talked about it a little bit uh, last week with, or maybe it was two weeks with George time is just a construct at this point. That Yankees team has really struggled and Domingo Herman being as good as he's been has really helped uh, Mm kind of save some of that stuff. And again, I will point out, you know, because of the off field issues for Domingo Herman, if that's not your cup of tea, so be it. But there is no denying the fact that he has pitched awfully well as of late. Uh, I got to talk about Corbin Carroll. Yeah, please. Corbin Carroll is a major league baseball player and I am smiling for those of you who don't see this. He went, uh, I think it went one for five, but did pick up a double and it was a pretty big double as well. Put up absolutely monster numbers in the minor leagues, an OPS above a thousand. That OPS was above 940 when he was playing in AAA. So it's not just a case of him Mm -hmm. feasting on AA. And this guy can do a little bit of everything. He can hit for average. He can hit for pop. Uh, he can definitely steal bases. The one thing I would be a little worried about with Carroll, if you're the Arizona Diamondbacks who are going nowhere this year, mm-hmm. do you maybe tell Carroll, hey, we know you can run. Maybe uh, not quite the green light, some yellows. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because we don't want you to get necessarily hurt in this final month of the season. And so that's just one thing to kind of keep in mind. I still think because of the way his skill set is and because yeah. the Arizona Diamondbacks generally run, he's still going to steal some bases. He's yeah. going to get a chance to run. It just might not be at the same rate that he was in the minor leagues because heaven forbid he get an injury that way. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's such a and he has had some injury issues before. Like he mm-hmm. missed almost all of the previous season because of an injury and he missed some time this year as well. So that's just something to keep in mind. Having said that, I, I can't recommend a prospect more. He's still available. Last time I looked in 56% of leagues. Imagine that's going to change very soon in the coming days, even if he struggles, just because people are going to be yeah. picking up their prospect. Um, Corbin Carroll, absolutely a guy who can help for the rest of the year. And they should be picking him up. Again, there's not many players out there that if everything goes right for him, if he steps onto the scene and just happens to to acclimate himself to major league pitching quick, before pitchers have time to figure him out, he could be a difference maker in four or five categories. And 100%. you just do not find those players out there available at this time of the year. Uh, available in 57% of leagues, so you're right on that. Somehow in ESPN leagues, available in 90% of them. Oh, that's so, ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I, that, was, that was mind-blowing to me when I saw that. <laughs> um, like you said, at a double in his first game, he scored twice and drove in two runs as well. Um, in AAA, hitting 307 with 89 runs scored, 24 home runs, and 62 runs batted in prior to being called up by the D-backs. He is an elite player. Chris, I will ask you that, I mean, needs to be on all rosters. I don't care of what size from now to yes. the end of the year, especially if you need it. I, I don't think there's a question about that. The only reason why he wasn't being talked about more by us is we just were not expecting him to actually get the call this year. We kind of expected it to be pushed to next year. Yeah, but, I mean, here, yeah, go, no, go ahead. Please. No, no, but I want to ask you this question, Chris. Obviously, as we look to next year, is this a person, I know there are obviously a lot of people who might already be out of their their title races. There's no sure. chance of them making postseasons. Yes. There are obviously dynasty leagues. Corbin Carroll is already probably in all of dynasty leagues, and if he isn't, he will be in the next end of sentence. Right. But <laughs> if you are in a keeper league where you yeah. only have X number of keepers to keep, do you right. think there is a chance that Corbin Carroll puts enough of a display out there this year that makes him potentially keeper worthy for next year based on obviously whatever your you know league's values sure. is and all the rest? But is he, is he a player that could not only be hopefully a game changer for contending teams this year, but can right. he also potentially show enough that he could be a keeper and not even make draft pools next year? Yeah, I think so. And the reason being is because of the stolen bases. Like, there are just not very many prospects. I and mean, we've been kind of spoiled this year because we had Julio yeah, Rodriguez year, it seems like there's been a and few. Bobby yeah. Wood Jr. and Riley Green for a little bit, although he's going to have to get a lot better at that. Um, yeah. Corbin Carroll is just a really complete skill set, like a chance to help in every single category if he maxes out. And, you know, from everything and that I've talked to from, with scouts and stuff like that, he looks like he's ready to mm-hmm. be that type of player. Yeah, I think so. Now it's obviously going to depend on format. Like you're not, you're not sure. keeping him over like a Bryce Harper or a Mike Trout or a Julio Rodriguez or someone like that. But if you're talking about a keep forever league, 
I'd much rather have Corbin Carroll on my roster too early than too late. So I do think there is a chance that he's going to be a keeper with 2023 in mind. I imagine he's going to be drafted pretty darn, unless he just tanks over these last few weeks. I imagine he's somebody who's going to be drafted pretty high uh, next year. Yeah. Unless he pulls a Kelnick and just does not seem like he is, sure. just, is just yep. that like, that's the debut into the major league. And yes, even Kelnick, even Kelnick was drafted in like the 11th or 12th round sure. in an awful lot of drafts. So I would guess I'm just saying this right now on August 30th at 5:46 PM Pacific standard time. I will guess that the average draft position for Corbin Carroll is higher than the average draft position for Bobby Wood Jr. Next year. Oh, are we talking next year? Period. Not even, yes. not like them. Ooh, that's very interesting. Yep. Yep. Ooh, that's very interesting. Yeah. I, I, I might disagree only because of the shortstop eligibility. Shortstop to first outfielder is the only is the reason only I think it's that close. might call me on that, but you're yeah. right. I like that yeah. a lot. Sure. Let's talk about Lars Newtbar for a second, please. Uh, available in 46% of leagues. So just over the, the threshold, but I think he was, he's worth it to discuss. Overall in 2022, batting 245, nine home runs, 30 RBIs, 40 runs, three stolen bases with an 817 OPS. Nothing that particularly jumps out at you, but he is on a heater right now, and that is what we need to take account of. He has hit, he has a hit in eight of his last 11 games, and over that span, he has scored 11 runs, he's hit three home runs, and has drove in seven runs over that span. He's seemingly taken over the leadoff spot for St. Louis. He's hit leadoff in eight straight games for them in 13 of the last 19 games. And in August, he's batting 289 with more walks, 21, than strikeouts, 17. So if he is going to be the leadoff guy for a streaking St. Louis team who's not going to strike out a lot and he's going to get on base and he's going to be right in front of Goldschmidt and Arenado, there's a lot to like about him here. And he could be a guy who can really, in batting average and runs in particular, he can be a difference maker from now to the end of the year if he holds on to that leadoff spot. Yeah, I, I mean, the the positional point in the lineup there matters an awful lot. Yeah. Like getting a chance to hit behind maybe one and two in the MVP race in the National League right now and Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. I mean, that's an awfully nice thing yeah. to be able to do. The metrics for him are really weird. Like his hard hit percentage of 46.4, more than fine, draws a lot of walks. A guy I really, really like in uh, a place where on-base percentage uh, matters more than than batting average. It's interesting that he's hit for some decent power, even though his expected slugging is only 387. That's yeah. kind of weird. It's usually not – they usually correlate a little better uh, in terms of – I've seen people with more bad luck than good luck in expected slugging, right. to be completely honest with you. But certainly not bad numbers in, in a WOBA of – 0.355 will more than get the job done. But just the fact that the, he's hitting, hitting at the top of that St. Louis lineup is something to make him worth fantasy rosters, to be sure. For sure. Why don't you take us off to the next guy? Well, I should have just done a better job of leading myself into the next guy, <laughs> to be completely honest with you, Colin. But let's talk about Jose Suarez, a pitcher Please. that um, I will be honest with you. Those of you who follow me on Twitter, I got to watch him throw – 7,000 pitches as Root Sports froze as he was throwing a pitch for two and a half hours. Just nothing but Jose Suarez going over and over and over again. I had no idea what was going on with the game. I refused to look it up because I just wanted to keep watching Jose Suarez. And those of you who follow me on Twitter know that I absolutely lost my mind. But he's been pitching really well as of late. Took a perfect game, actually, into the sixth Mm -hmm. inning of that start that I watched. Um, Not a guy who, again, is elite at missing bats. There's a reason why... We're saying this for this. Guys who are elite at missing bats aren't available. In yeah. Over they're on rosters. Yeah. yeah, they're on rosters already. But I like his situation a lot. Um, the Angels are a cesspool, so the win chances may not necessarily be there. But he is definitely a guy. Like, if you're looking for someone as a McClanahan replacement that is available in the overwhelming majority of leagues, Jose Suarez, to me, makes a lot of sense. Available in 88% of leagues. An expected ERA of 3.82, despite his regular ERA of 4.10. So he right. has pitched a little bit better than what he has. And while we said he's not a strikeout pitcher, so to speak, he does almost have a K per nine of what he's got 77 strikeouts in 79 innings. So that'll work. It's 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 perfectly acceptable at this point in the year. Like mm-hmm. you said, just also in his last start, went six innings of two run ball against the Yankees last night on Monday, allowing only three hits while striking out six. So once again, doing it to a very nice lineup as well. 
Sure. He is projected to face – he is home against Detroit, oh. at Houston, home oh. to Seattle, oh. at Texas, oh. home to Oakland. Oh, that'll work. So, a lot of Oakland. A lot, lot of West. A lot of yeah. West out there. But, sure. uh, again, Detroit, Texas, Oakland, like all of those are nice. And Houston and Seattle, you might have to swallow a little bit. But little the bit. other ones are still – I think all of those are still pretty nice matchups from here to the end of the year for him. Let's talk about Justin Steele, again, sticking with the mound. Available in 65% of leagues. I don't get this at all. I don't get this at all either, <laughs> but you know what? We need to bring it up. He is yeah. overall on the year 4-7, and seven, not great, but a 3-1-8 ERA, a 1.35 whip, and 126 strikeouts to 50 walks across 119 innings. Over his last 10 starts, dating back to June 29th, Steele has a 1.49 ERA with 65 strikeouts across 54 and a third innings. If I gave you that stat line, it would take you 70 guesses before you <laughs> probably more to get to Justin yeah. Steele to figure out yeah. who I was describing there. Sure. Um, he left his last start with some back tightness, um, but is still expected to make his next start on Friday. So until they say something otherwise, I'm expecting that he's going on Friday. Um, and here his and here are his projections till now to the end of the season at St. Louis on Friday, which you don't like, but then home to Cincinnati at the Mets at Miami at Pittsburgh home to Cincinnati. So outside of St. Louis and the Mets in there, Cincinnati twice away to Miami away to Pittsburgh. I love him for all of those. It is. I don't understand how Justin Steele is doing what he's doing right now, but I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. No, those are the kind of stats he's going to keep putting up. More strikeouts than innings with a yeah. 1.49, and going back to the end of June, sign him up. Needs to be on more rosters available in 65% of leagues. A hundred percent. I mean, he has been a legitimate fantasy ace since yeah. basically the end of June, and he is a guy who's avoiding barrels in the 93rd percentile. He's in the 75th percentile or better in average exit velocity, hard hit percentage, expected slugging and fastball spin. Like, and he's striking out, he's striking out guys at a fine rate. And there's some walk issues that happen here. And he's not a guy who, you know, is going to just throw fastballs by people, but he's missing bats at a fine rate. This is not just good luck for Justin Seal. No, nope, you need some good. You need some good luck, obviously, to have an ERA where he is. That's just the way baseball works. But he has pitched really, really well. I'm, I'm really keeping an eye on him in the long term as well. This is a guy who's only 27 years nope. old um, and was a fifth round pick, but that had very little to do with his talent. It had more to do with signability. Right. Uh, I like him a lot. By the uh, way, of, of those, by the way, nine of those ten starts, he's given up two or fewer runs. Only yeah, one of those starts, he gave up. He got blown up for four runs. That is that is his <laughs> blow up start over those last ten. Just nuts to look at. It's been nuts to look at, and um, you know, this, the I was doing video. The only reason I knew would have known is because I did a video for him on Yahoo a couple weeks ago, and I was like surprising myself as I was writing. It must be how like a good author feels when they actually can surprise themselves. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the Cubs, Fran Mel Reyes. Mm -hmm. Now, Fran Mel Reyes was just garbage for the Cleveland Guardians this year. And there was a reason that he was put onto the waiver wire. Like one of the biggest fantasy disappointments that I, even as a guy who wasn't exactly drafted super high, like a massive disappointment, but he's really looked a lot better as of late for the Cubs. And the big thing here is opportunity because he's getting a chance to play for them. It's never been a question about talent. And there was a reason why he was drafted relatively high the last couple of years. It's because he produced and now he's never been a consistent hitter, but when he's hot, Fran Mill Reyes is hot and Mm -hmm. he has really been performing lately a chance to help in the average uh, category a little bit, but mostly about that power. I imagine the ball's going to be traveling over the fence over these final few months. The Cubs want to see what they have in Fran Mill Reyes. If he's a chance to be, because I've talked to a lot of folks, it sounds like the Cubs are going to be more interested in spending money in 2023 than they were in 2022, which is not saying a whole heck of a lot because they didn't spend a dang thing. But um, there's been a lot of talk about them being players for Shohei Otani. There's been a lot of talk about them being interested in guys like Xander Bogarts and players like that. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And so the Cubs need to see if Fran Mill Reyes is part of that core because it sounds like their team that wants to compete in 2023. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. 
That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm sticking. Uh, let's let's stick. Oh, I, I was about to say sticking in the NL Central, but he's not because we haven't seen him there. I'm going to bring up Harrison <laughs> Bader as uh, yes. as an option as well here. Still on the 60 day IL, uh, recovering from plantar fasciitis. But he, uh, Yankee manager Aaron Boone said today he is on a ten, essentially a ten day warm up to get to his rehab starts, which again a couple, ideally probably five to ten days after that he comes back, which means. We can probably expect him somewhere around mid-September. Um, the Yankees traded an established starter in Jordan Montgomery, who has done nothing but put up <laughs> phenomenal start after phenomenal start for the Cards since um, moving to St. Louis. So I think the Yankees have, and because right now there is still a hole in that Yankees outfield that is Harrison Bader sized, and that's the reason why they made that trade in the first place. I have to expect that when he gets up here, he is going to start most days for the Yankees, and he is probably going to have an opportunity to run because the Yankees have been running a lot more over the last really season and a half. They've suddenly become a stolen base team. So they did not trade for Harrison Bader for, for him not to move around the base pass and for him to not play center field most days. And if that's the case, Harrison Bader has some fantasy value that many people are, have forgotten about because he's been injured for as long as he has. Available in 66% of leagues. If he comes back and gets hot, he can be a difference maker for your team, both in stolen bases and runs, maybe even batting average if he can get good there. But you only need it for a small sample size. I know people will say, oh, he hasn't put it together for a full season. I don't need him to do it for a full season. No, I need him to do it for about three weeks, and that's yeah. all I care about. So if that's the the window that we're looking at, he's going to get an opportunity to do that because the Yankees need him to be ready to go by the time they get to the postseason. He is a under the radar guy that is available in leagues that I think should be uh, should be monitored as soon as he comes back. At the very least, monitored. You know what I mean? Like the, the just see how he looks and stuff like that. But I. I also think he makes sense. Just add to your bench. What's the worst thing if that you happens? Have the, if you have the ability, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Because wh- another guy who has not shown a lick of consistency, like you said, but he doesn't have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be, you know, Harrison Bader, whether you believe in motivation and stuff like that, this is an important time for Harrison Bader. This is a chance for him if he plays Very well to be like, I am the starting center fielder for the New York Yankees. I believe there's been some pretty good starting center fielders for the New York Yankees over time. I, I can and think of a couple a, names a, off the top a, of my head. A couple of guys. Um, <laughs> definitely Gerald Williams is the first one. that. No, um, I did like Gerald Williams as a player. I did like Gerald Williams. But Birdie was uh, a little bit better player. And there's that Joe guy and all of those guys. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, mainly because of the fact, like you said, the Yankees are willing to run. And Harrison Bader certainly has the speed to do that. I'm going to go with a guy who, when I did this list, was available in 97% of leagues. And I think that's still the case as we're recording right now. So Christian Arroyo has moved to the top of the Boston lineup mm-hmm. and he has taken to it quite well. Uh, I believe the last time I looked in the month of August, he is hitting 324. What I really like about Christian Arroyo is he's eligible to play basically everywhere. everywhere. You, can get, you can get him and you can be either on your bench as that guy 
or as a starting plug guy type of guy, stolen a couple of bases as well, is hitting for average, is driving the baseball. He's only had the one home run in the last 30 days, but he's hit seven doubles. So that helps you with the slugging mm-hmm. percentage. You know, you'd like to see the ball go over the fence. But Christian Arroyo is a talented guy who has really taken to this top spot. And while I don't think this is sustainable, it doesn't have to be. It just has to go on for another month. And considering that he's available in 97% of leagues, he's certainly worth a guy, a guy that's worth picking up. And if you have to drop him, so be it. Yeah. I, again, he is the leadoff. He is the leadoff hitter for a team that has a decent offense. And while, yep. yes, as we mentioned before, that team just pulled the life support plug. They don't care. They're already looking at 2023. What they do care about, though, is seeing what Christian Arroyo can do 100%. from now to the end of the year. That is yeah. what they're looking at. They are basically auditioning people right now for 2023. Arroyo amongst uh, a good list of players who are hoping to be regulars for this team next year. So he will get yeah. plenty of opportunities. You mentioned second base shortstop and outfield eligible and he's starting at first base now uh, quite a few games with Hosmer on the shelf. I'm right. not saying that he gets first base eligibility by the end of the year, but you might get that. And that would obviously give him just a little bit more flexibility. But Spe- like speaking said, of first base real quick, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go for it. If Tristan Casas gets that call up, yeah, definitely a guy that you want to add. Ranked on my final list for the 2022 season, I believe he ended up ranking fourth just behind uh, Corbin Carroll, mm-hmm. um, Gunnar Henderson, who we just don't know if he's going to get a promotion. The Orioles have been kind of wishy-washy, and it makes me think that they're leaning towards no, which is disappointing. And then Josh Young, who Josh Young, by the way, also is a guy who makes a ton of sense if you're somebody who needs quarter infield help. It sounds like the Rangers want to make him ha- have him make his debut this year. Fascinating story. A guy that most everybody had completely written off for this year because he had a pretty significant shoulder injury that happened in February that caused uh, surgery. And it sounded like he wasn't going to get to play, but has been outstanding since getting the call up to AAA and one of the best pure hitting prospects in the sport. So yeah, all of those prospect guys. I mean, if you are somebody who is just looking for that shot in the dark, now is the time to go get them because if they get that call up, it may be too late. Uh, It makes sense to roster those guys knowing that if they don't get the call up or if somebody says, Hey, this isn't going to happen. You just put them back on the waiver wire, safe and sound. If I'm going for a postseason spot, if I'm fighting for, you know, to to get to a championship theoretically in the next five weeks, and I don't have the roster space to say add both of those guys, is there one that you feel both gets the call up, has the combination of opportunity for call up, playing time if, if they do get called up, and ability to kind of yeah. hit the ground running and be a force from the start? Which one of those two would you recommend rostering if I only had one spot? Are we talking about between Young and... Yes, and and my boy Henderson. And Henderson. It would kind of depend on what you need because Mm -hmm. Henderson is a guy who can fly. Like he's going to be a guy who can help in the stolen base category. I don't think he quite has the power that Young does and he's been really tapping into it as of late. And the reason why I'd still go Young is because... I think it's almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to get at least a little bit of time with Texas, assuming something doesn't happen. Now, if you're going for upside and you need that, that pure shot in the dark, then Henderson is the, is the guy to go with. Like he is probably the number two or number three prospect in baseball. Now that Corbin Carroll is up and with Francisco Alvarez, who unfortunately it sounds like he's just not going to be able to play this year. Um, You know, still a a great long-term play, but not a play for this year. Then go with Gunnar Henderson, but I think that Young, because of the fact that he is almost assuredly going to make his debut, that'd be the guy that I'd roster. Uh, Orioles, by the way, I think second to last in uh, OBP from their third base position. I'm yeah for for a team that is so close to potentially making the wild card and the back end. Bring Gunnar Henderson up. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. And here's the thing: we are now past the point of the year. Yes. Where we don't have to worry about it's not so much the one year thing now. The big thing for this year, and I talked about it, I think I've talked about this on like 50 different. You mentioned on the trade deadline show in particular, and that was a good time to bring it up. The rookie of the year thing is a massive, massive thing. And the fact that these guys will still have rookie of the year eligibility after being called up now, assuming that, you know, weird things could happen with playing time, I guess, but it's almost assured that these guys are not going to lose 
their rookie of the year eligibility and for teams to not lose the chance of gaining that draft pick, it's massive. And that is why I think you will see some teams be aggressive. There's just no guarantees. A real quick, I think Cade Cavalli was much better than that line suggests in Agreed. his MLB debut. Like he, he clearly was nervous and he had some issues throwing strikes. I think if he he's somebody to target when he's facing weaker lineups. Now he's facing a weak lineup in the first place in the Reds, and obviously it didn't go very well. But he's not someone I would completely give up on just yet. I saw some really good swing and miss stuff, and he is a legitimate top twenty-five prospect in baseball. I'd give him another shot. Yeah, and like you said, this is a streaming option from now to the end of the year. I'm very curious to see how much, like how he does over a full season next year when oh, he gets an too. opportunity to start Stuff's every. Filthy. Yeah. Every five days, that that stuff is is really good. Yeah. Um, Chad here mentions. Uh, Chad here mentions that uh, the world is the world might be burning if you have Gonsolin, Verlander, and McClanahan all on the same team. Cease and Alcantara getting some bubble wrap. Yeah, please. I've got Alcantara on a team. I'm very hoping is going to yeah. go all the way this year. So I need him to be there. But for those players who did just lose, Gonsolin, Verlander, and McClanahan, now it should be noted, Gonsolin and Verlander look like they should be 15-day, maybe 20-day. I don't know. Fantasy-wise, though, that might be an issue, obviously, for their real-life teams. They're caring about the postseason at that spot. But those two, from a fantasy standpoint, might not give you as many starts as they want. Matt Manning, however, will give you a couple more starts um, from now till the end of the year. And while he got... I don't even want to know what that final line was tonight. It wasn't good, buddy. As I prepped this whole show and all of a sudden I look up and Matt Manning is getting shelled by Seattle. Seven Um, runs and two and a third inning. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So I'm just, I'm I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to move around that. I'm going to make some selective cuts to my memory on this. (laughs) There you go. Matt Manning available in 68% of leagues outside of tonight, which again, Absolutely shelled. One and one with a two three seven ERA, one point one one WHIP, and thirty one strikeouts across seven starts. Um, prior to tonight's start, had only allowed one run across his last two starts, totaling thirteen innings against San Francisco and the Angels, striking out fourteen. Um, injuries has held him have held him back so far, but I believe that this is a breakout twenty twenty three candidate if he can stay sure. healthy. The stuff yeah. is really good. Absolutely. Um, but from now to the end of the year. Expected, projected to face Kansas City mm. at Kansas City, mm. White Sox at mm. Baltimore at Kansas City, mm. Minnesota. So get a lot of barbecue. Dips, it sounds trip like. dips on the Royals there, and yeah. two of them in KC. Uh, so I love all of those matchups. Chicago, the White Sox, Baltimore, Minnesota is is less enticing there, but it's still not something I'm completely running away from. I think no. Matt Manning, if you are looking for a spot starter from now to the end of the year, if you're looking for those, Matt Manning has pitched very well outside of tonight's start. He w- should probably continue to pitch well. The Tigers are, again, they're auditioning him for next year. They want to see him stretched out. They want to yep. see him look good and get that confidence up. He's going to have every opportunity to do so. Matt Manning available in 68% of Yahoo leagues. And that number might go down a little bit after tonight's yeah. start. So yeah. he might be even more available than, uh, than 68%. So uh, definitely someone to peep at if you are hurting in these, the pitching category we've mentioned, let's see, one, two, we've mentioned Manning, Steele, Suarez, Herman, and Kramer. If you were to rank those players, if I, if I just lost McClanahan for the year, and right. I am going to pick one of those players up. Is there one that you feel that much stronger about than any of them, especially after I gave you all those projected to face conversations? Yeah. Yeah. It's still, even if Steele was facing the the toughest lineup, he'd absolutely be the guy that I'd recommend. Okay. Like, like he has been a legitimate um, ace. I think he's number one. I would put Kramer at number two. Um, maybe Herman two. Like they're, they're kind of interchangeable. Right. To yeah. Me. The, the, it's pretty close, but yeah, Justin Steele has been really good. By the way, our buddy Chad also points out that I missed. Kate Cavalli has been shut down for the year with shoulder inflammation, so don't go rushing to right, add so him. Don't go to grab him. Again, t- yeah. I can't wait for 2023 with him. I think yeah, he's going to be yeah. excellent. Yeah, yeah, I think he's going to be an excellent option. Uh, Chad also asks, does the McClanahan injury open up a chance at Taj Bradley getting the call? Maybe? And I would think that would be it's an interesting raise, one. So yeah, maybe. like Yeah, I mean, they've been – they're not aggressive in spending money usually, but they are pretty aggressive in call-up mm-hmm. type of stuff. Yeah, I think he is a guy that it would be um, worth taking a look at. Maybe a guy who's on a little bit of an innings limit. 
a legitimate top 40 prospect in baseball. If he gets a chance to pitch, he's definitely got the swing and miss stuff. Just be cognizant of the fact that not only do young pitchers struggle, I could see him being a guy that they're maybe only asking to go through the lineup once. You know what I mean? Like, right. and just because that's kind of how they do their situation as well. And real quick, also, just because we're not going to get a talk to chance to talk about prospects very much anymore. If they gave Curtis Mead a chance, if you're looking for quarter infield stuff, another guy that I'd be looking to uh, add, real good chance for hitting for average is deceptively strong. Philadelphia Philly fans turn away. You traded this guy for something named Christopher <laughs> Sanchez. <laughs> Wow. Uh, don't don't hate on the Phillies. Like that. <laughs> yeah, they've got enough going. They on. got enough going on there. All right, yeah. a couple other honorable honorable mentions out there. Um, welcome to the welcome back to the carcass that was Joey Gallo. Uh, available yeah. still in seventy five percent of leagues, rightfully so. But he's got six extra base extra base hits since moving to the Dodgers. He's he playing a little bit more better. often. He's playing a little bit more often with them. He looks more comfortable. He's batting almost two thirty five, which again. For Joey Gallo standpoint, yeah. is like basically a 320 average. Yeah. Um, so he's still available in 75% of leagues in a very good spot. I'd look at him. Ross Stripling available in 43% of leagues, continues to pitch really well for Toronto. Um, Isak Paredes available in 81% of leagues. Um, he continues to hit, and more importantly, he continues to not strike out, which I love about him. Yeah. Um, Brandon Donovan, available in 75% of leagues, can literally play every position outside of pitcher and catcher, which, yep. I mean, how great is that? Also on an 11-game hitting streak, scoring 10 runs and driving in seven over those 11 games and has a, a 297 average on the year. So batting average and, and uh, run scored, he is a good guy to take a peek at. Also a little over the deadline, uh, the threshold, but Jesus Lazardo. A yep. former top prospect has looked really good at the first part of this year. Once he finally got out of Oakland, gets to Miami in that trade, looked really good for the first half of this year, injured, has come back and has looked really good again since coming back. Available in 39% of leagues. Um, anyone hurting for pitching help, Lizardo is a guy, again, has the pedigree, has the stuff, is pitching really well right now. He could be very strong from now to the end of the year. For sure, like all of those guys, uh, just a couple hitters that are on nice runs right now. Yandy Diaz still available yep. in 54% of leagues, hitting 340 over the last couple of weeks. Um, David Fletcher is back, mm -hmm. 286, but you know how like he's always been, when healthy, a contributor in that average category. And Donovan Solano is hitting 381. He's 16 for his last 42, has eligibility at both second base and third base. And then one last one, too. I meant to bring this guy up earlier. Corey Dickerson has been red hot with the bat. Yeah. And we have seen, again, what happens when Corey when Dickerson is yeah. on, it can be pretty darn special. So another guy, if you're looking for outfield help, Corey Dickerson makes a lot of sense. And then another guy I would be taking a look at is Marcus Lynn Betts. He's a pretty good player. Uh, he's available in 1% of leagues. I would actually go get him right now. I would Someone I would avoid. Mark from from uh, from Milwaukee. If you are out there, just yeah, poor him. Mark. Dude's, poor dude's Mark. been put in the friend zone. I'm We've not sure all been he is going to get back zone. to fantasy stardom this year. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark, but sorry, Mark. put that down. If you have not I, had a chance to look at that, if you don't yeah. know what we're talking oh, about, just look up Mark and the Milwaukee Brewers, and then just chuckle to yourself for a while. There um, are um, wide <laughs> rumors that the Mark he was talking about they were talking about is Mark Adanasio, the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers. So oh, that's what I'm hoping for. That's, kind of, that's even funnier. Because, I didn't realize. No, it's, it's very funny. Um, it, just because too, man, don't put people in the friend zone on that stuff. Don't propose at I'm, ballparks I'm and I'm don't blast. do that. Like yeah. if I had my choice, I'd rather see the on blast in the marriage proposal. No, all due respect to yeah. everybody's proposed at a ballpark, but uh yeah, I'm really hoping that it's that guy because he will get to cry himself to sleep with hundreds of millions of dollars. Have you ever been to a ballpark, seen someone propose to somebody else, and then not heard a chorus of boos or no's uh, come from yeah. everybody else? Is nope. that just a Yankee thing? Well, oh, it's more Yankee guys, thing than I think. I'm sure it's a Yankee else. thing more than anything yeah. else. You like, guys are so known for your politeness and uh, and, and yeah. tact. So, um, but in, in, in general, I usually hear somebody going boo or don't do it. And usually that person who's saying boo or don't do it is Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times. <laughs> Way to put, way to put him on blast. Now, yeah, right? he, is, he, 
Check his Twitter feed. Anytime anybody proposes or anything like that, he's very quick to point it out. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You better have met at the ballpark, had your first date at the ballpark Uh, and all the rest for that to occur. Also, you need to know a hundred percent what that answer is before you ask in front of like 20 to 40,000 people. That might be a conversation you have before the park, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. I'm proposing to you, by the way, (laughs) please don't ruin my life. Yeah, please. Something special is about to happen. Just be cool. Even if it's a no, just be cool so we get to the car on the way home, all right? That's all I ask. That's absolutely it. But that just about finishes up our show for today. If you enjoyed the show, then make sure you are subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode in the future. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. We love those five stars. And while you're at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows, Q&As, segments, articles, and more so you can stay up to date on everything around the league and join in on the action. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in Friday morning for DJ and Drew as they cook up a fresh new sode for you. And make sure you're with us right here same time next week as Chris and I will be here to continue your march towards a title. So until then, good luck with your fantasy pushes and fantasy drafts. Stay safe out there, and as always, thanks for the listen. Dominic Smith's available at 90, 99% of leagues. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Hey, Chad, uh, you asked about, uh, in addition, uh, potential Taj call-up that the Rays would unleash Luis Patino. That also makes some sense. Like, if he gets starts, yeah, I'd, I'd be considering him like as a as an option. And Chad, you should think you're special that we are willing to do stuff like this for you where we <laughs> stop our podcast and answer your questions. So, right. thank you, buddy. But yeah, Luis Patino abs- absolutely makes sense. Bye, guys. Okay. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.